Corona Chronicle session 42 with Rory Bulkin. Now, what I love about Rory, uh, she reached out to me to share, uh, you know, that she had been kind of plugged into what's going on. Before this, she was, um, she had a business basically where she helps connect uh, donut lovers with donut shops around the nation, but she also coaches on marketing. I think she's kind of like a, a, a social media influencer and you know, through all this craziness, all this mess that's going on out there, you got to admire the people that are able to see the opportunity that are able to, to be of value. And I think that we can learn a lot from Rory in just the sense that, you know, shit's crazy right now. There's not a lot we have control over, but what we do have control over is how we react and how we can try to be of value to others. And I just encourage you to kind of adopt that mindset um, going forward because look, the the restaurant industry is a really good chance that we'll never be quite what we understood it to be. Um, and we can kick and scream or we can be proactive to have an influence on what the future of that industry looks like. Uh, we can share knowledge. We can uh, share best practices. We can be mindful of what our vision for the future is and, you know, make, make the most out of a cruddy situation. And I just think that that's what happened here. So uh, in this conversation, what we discuss is basically uh, some of the things real quick, just what customer service looks like during this landscape or in this landscape, how we can take customer service to the next level, adopting a subscription model, uh, from taking payments from your uh, guests and your uh, customers. Uh, we get a lot into tech, specifically online ordering tech, uh, different tools that worries come across out there. We also talk about how you can use technology to sell your knowledge, sell your expertise, which I think is a really interesting angle, something that I've been thinking a lot about personally in how we can encourage more people to do that and give them the tools to do that, to start sharing their knowledge. And I, you know, I think this traditional model of school systems is going to be gone after this. I really do uh, because people just don't have the extra income and we can get knowledge. We can get community online or in different pockets. Uh, through, like there's just so many different verticals through which to share knowledge day. Like the old system's broken. So that's something I absolutely want to explore going into the future, and I hope you guys are interested in that too. Uh, but before we hit play on today's chat, I want to let you know that today's interview was brought to you or is brought to you by P&G Professional, specifically Dom Professional, the number one dish detergent found in most commercial kitchens around the nation. I know that when I was coming up in the restaurant industry, I remember using a lot of Dawn, and it always seemed to last longer in the sink. There always seems to be more suds in the sink longer, and that's because it does last longer. You can actually clean up to 58% more dishes per sink. Uh, this increase in dishes you can clean per sink results in a decrease in sink changeovers by 35%, which means you can save up to 6,000 gallons of hot water per year versus private labels. So head out there to www.pgpro.com to learn more. And I'm also pretty sure you can get Dom Professional at Sam's Club and most commercial vendors carry it. Again, that website is pgpro.com. This episode is also brought to you by Restaurant 365, a cloud-based all-in-one restaurant-specific, that's important, accounting and back office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, 
payroll provider and food and beverage vendors. Restaurant365.com slash unstoppable is the website to go to. If you use that link, you can qualify for 30% off implementation and get a free inventory build within Restaurant365, a value of $5,000. And now's the time to be working on your business, to be looking for efficiencies, to come back stronger in 2020. Look, guys, technology is improving. Technology is becoming more and more attainable and time is money. And I think that's one thing you need to keep in the back of your mind when you're looking at technology is how much time and how many, how how am I going to be able to streamline process with this technology? You have to factor that into the costs and the the improvements that you're making to your business. It's, it's crucial going into the future. Um, all right. With that said, I think we're ready to listen today to today's chat. Here it is. Hello, Rory Balkan. How are you today? I'm doing well, given the circumstances. How are you? I'm great. And uh, this is the first time Restaurant Unstoppable has had Rory on the show. So just to give you guys a heads up as who, who we're talking to, uh, Rory is the founder of DonutDigest.com, where she connects donut lovers with the best donuts across the country. And you're also a marketing consultant. You've uh, pivoted your platform to educate local donuts and restaurant, local donut shops and restaurants around the country uh, on how to apply for grants, how to change their menu, how to create physical. Uh, new physical and virtual offers online and just basically how to shift to digital in general. Um, That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, This has kind of been the hot topic around restaurateurs. How can we pivot our businesses and adapt our businesses to be as successful as possible over the next three, six, maybe longer months? Um, And I think let's just get right into it. So a lot of what we're going to hear today, I think we've heard before, but the idea of what we're going to try to do is take what we've heard and take it a step further. So <clears throat> starting with uh, basically, tell us what you've put together. Kind of take it from there. Take, tell, what, what, do you, what have you been working on over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the donut shops are near and dear to my heart, but coronavirus has impacted restaurants across all cuisines coffee shops too. Um, So what I've done is I've put together a coronavirus restaurant response plan. It's more or less an action plan where a restaurant operator can sit down, look at some worksheets and go over step-by-step what they need to do to get their business uh, up and running and pivoting in the right direction. I think a lot of restaurants have done this in a scrappy way. Um, But I think now that we've been in this environment in the past couple of weeks. It's time now to take it to the next level and to really um, up the customer service and, um, and, and serve customers how they need to be served today. Yeah. So paint that picture of what that customer service looks like. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, <laughs> this is an unprecedented time. We've talked about this before, but people are cooped up at home, right? They're, they probably started cooking at home a lot, going to the grocery store, um, and trying to be healthy, trying to spend time with family. But now it's to the point where, okay, I'm tired of cooking. You know, I might be homeschooling my kids. I'm also working and it's stressful. Um, so I think now's an opportunity for restaurants, uh, donut shops, even places where you might not think uh, this type of food is a necessity, so to speak, but they can all be relevant by serving the community with kits, with, um, with different packages and different product offerings that are not only providing sustenance, but also providing comfort and joy at this really crazy time. Yeah. So 
what do some of these these kits look like? We've already we talked a lot in other episodes about paring down your menu to do your best sellers to focus on what you do best and getting that um, you know your brand staples in front of your your um, your guests from a, a, afar. But these these kits, what are some of these best practice kits? Like what what should we be thinking about in the back of our mind when we're putting these kits together? There's a couple of considerations. Um, one, I mean, these kits are a way to clear out your inventory, right? So if you have food that could spoil, you want to get that out the door. Um, so, you know, there's there's basically ways to take your menu, look at the items on your menu and pare it down temporarily. You want something that can provide a relatively high margin. I mean, people in the food industry already operate on really, really thin margins. So how can you take your probably large size menu, pare it down to the items that are generating a higher margin for you? How can you package it in a way that's um, fun, that maybe has a DIY entertaining activity to it? So in the donut world, we see a lot of these deconstructed uh, DIY decorating kits. And even Dunkin' Donuts has gotten in on it. I think uh, a franchise owner in California has created these DIY kits. So that's more of a fun thing. But I've even seen steakhouses. Uh, There's a steakhouse here in Denton in the DFW area called Queenie's and they have a chef's box. I think it's 55 bucks. They've got tenderloin, they've got rub, onions, garlic, uh, a roll of toilet paper. I mean, restaurants are getting creative and I think it's appreciated at this time. Um, So something that can bring an activity and some entertainment to the family and also get your higher margin products out the door. Yeah, smart. And um, one thing I've seen, I think Jason Sabala uh, out of Boston, Texas is doing this really well. He's putting together uh, these soap cart, uh, these box, what are, I don't know the technical term, the, the soap box cars. I think that's the right order. Uh, the racing cars that you, you go down the hill, you know what I'm saying? That you oh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Cub Scouts or whatever, the Boy Scouts. Um, he's putting those together uh, and he's selling, he's selling these in packages basically. And that, I think the idea is afterwards, uh, I think they want to have a race. Uh, so the idea is to, to kind of associate your your brand with something that, you know, at the end of this, we're going to have a big party. You know what I mean? To like, I think that's kind of like a, a cool approach. What are your thoughts on that? I love that. I mean, you have to stay top of mind for your customers right now. Even if you're not operating at full capacity, even if you're temporarily closed, there are ways to connect to your customers at this time. And creating more of a brand experience like that, I think is really cool. Uh, I've also seen in the pizza world, there are pizza subscription programs. So that is going to generate some recurring revenue. And it's, um, it's again, it's a branded experience. If you're a family, you've got young kids, it's going to be pizza night on Wednesday. And it's just a, it's just a fun thing. And, you know, everyone's just trying to make the the best of this scenario. And I think brands like that are going to come out winning on the other side. Let's go get into the subscription model a little bit more. Cause that that's kind of the first time this has come up on the show. I've heard of doing the, the pizza kits, take home pizza kits, but what's the subscription um, model look like? Take us through that. So essentially you sign up for either a weekly or a monthly service. I think in the pizza world, it makes sense to do a weekly pizza order. So it might be say your family for, it might be, a large pizza, side of garlic knots, side of wings, a liter of Coke, and you know maybe some some dessert in there, some cinnamon rolls. So, as a restaurant operator, you want to be able to project how much how much money is coming in at this time, right? Like cash flow is so important. So, if someone's signing up for a recurring 
subscription like that, you're better able to predict how much money is coming in. Um, and it's the type of thing where it keeps going until someone cancels it. Yeah. So we hope they keep it. So with that subscription, basically like you get a prefab meal once a week. Is that how it works? That's right. Yep. It's basically just a standard order that's set ahead of time and it comes to you the exact same day, once a week or once a month, however it's set up. Okay. And what are they using? Do you know, to charge these platforms? Are they using Stripe or some kind of platform? to automatically charge or like, how's that, how's that working out? Like what, what tools are you using to do recurring payments in this fashion? That's a good question because I can't think of the pizza shop that's doing this. Um, A lot of pizza shops in New York are adapting this way. So I'd have to get back to you on the technology. Um, But a lot of restaurants uh, who have previously never done delivery before are having to learn really quickly what tools to uh, you know, to, to start using and educating their customers on how to order as well. Yeah. I think this might be a good segue into getting into the tools. I mean, unless there's anything else around the marketing side that you want to bring that maybe is less common um, advice that you've picked up on to this point. I think at this point, most restaurants and establishments have been communicating with their customers that, Hey, we're open. Hey, we're not open. Hey, here's what we're doing to keep our store clean. Um, and if they haven't at this point, they're behind the game, right? Yeah. Um, so all all that said, you know, you need to stay relevant and whether or not you're open, you can be making that connection with your customers. I think you did an interview with Bruce Irving about uh, creating that some kind of show, some kind of live experience where you're connecting with your customers. So now is certainly the time to do that. Um, but yeah, let's move on to technology because... There are a lot of tips and tricks, I think, that independent restaurant operators might not know about and are probably overwhelmed yeah. with right now. Real quick, before we get into the, the the technology to compound on what you just shared with us, those best practices uh, of just, you cannot over communicate that you're doing things to be safe. So if, if those things are happening in back of house or like find a way to like put what you're doing in the forefront so people see and feel safe that you are taking this seriously. I guess you can't over communicate with your actions. Uh, like there's, there's no shortage of things you can do physically to show people that you care. Uh, so just be mindful of that and, and don't go overboard, but like if, if you don't make it all about shoving it in people's faces, but make it obvious is kind of what I'm picking up from you. For sure. And I know it's a comfort to me as a customer when I go, pick up curbside that I see the employees walking out there with a mask and gloves and um, they've got it clearly outlined in their order process. Like here's how it's going to work. There's no questions. I'm not touching anything and I feel safe. Uh, Keeping doors open is a big one. You know, like all this stuff can be found online. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's out there. Uh, if you haven't heard of that stuff, but I mean, I guess we can't overemphasize it. Right. Um, and another thing you can do that I, I'm seeing a lot of people right now, this is kind of segueing, segueing into the technology side of things is um, using pop-ups on your website to communicate what you're doing too. I think, uh, and I don't want to steal your thunder. Maybe that was kind of on your, was that on your radar? Were you going to share that with us? No. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think um, pop-ups are a great way to let customers know, are you open? Are you not? If you're still open, what's your process like? Are we ordering through your website? Are you partnering with third-party delivery apps? Like, tell me what's going yeah. on so there's no guesswork. Because so, I have been to websites where there are no updates and you have to scramble, you know, are they on Instagram saying something or Twitter? 
And now's the time when everyone has a little more time on their hands to be over communicative. Yeah. Through it, social media, website, newsletters, yeah. all those things. If people are going to your website right now, it's because they want to know first thing, are you open and what and to what degree are you open? That can be fit into like sixty characters on a pop up right there. Make it easy for them. Give them the answers. Hit them across the face with it. The path of least resistance, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get more into the tech. Where were you going to start with that? Yes. Let me pull out my handy dandy sheet here. So this is part of the coronavirus response plan that's available on my website. So uh, there's a lot to consider as far as tech goes. And interestingly enough, when it comes to small business, when it comes to local restaurants, not everyone has a website. It's 2020, but not everyone has a website. Some are still relying on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, now's the time to really evaluate a few things. So first of all, do you have a website? Do you have online ordering in place? Are you offering delivery right now? And who are you using to facilitate the the delivery to customers? Um, Are you selling gift cards and merchandise? Do you have a way to sell virtual products? And we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, And of course, you know, this isn't a tech need per se, but uh, going along with our over communication, are, are you still posting regularly to your social media channels? So um, assuming that that a, a restaurant has a website, right? <laughs> we can talk about, I think, online ordering systems because that's really important right now. Yeah, um, that was where I was actually hoping we would go to next. So um, in the order you give to us, you said websites, the online ordering, delivery, gift cards, and virtual products. Did I miss anything there? Uh, the last thing we can touch on is uh, hosting online workshops. Okay. Online workshops. All right. Start um, yeah. from the top. Okay. So online ordering systems, um, there's so many different options. If someone is looking to get something out there quick today, tomorrow, um, you can do something as simple as setting up a form. There are services like Google Forms are free. There's job form. I've even seen donut shops. And again, I don't recommend this for the long term, but if you're looking to do something to bring in revenue, I've seen uh, donut shops who put up an interactive PDF on their website. So in that case, what you're going to have to do if you're using any type of form is as a restaurant operator or an owner, you're going to have to manually take those orders, right? Whether However they're given to you via email um, and manually input those into your POS. So you can see why this is not a good long-term solution, but um, it's working for some people who just need something yeah. out there. But I think it's, it's important to point out that you know, over the past four weeks, we really didn't know what this the, the future looked like. And I think the one sense of uh, comfort that we can get right now is that we know this is going to be long-term, uh, at least three months. You know, uh, we're, two of those three months in and maybe even as long as six months. So we can start planning more long-term. I think we can keep that in the back of our mind that these aren't going to be simple, short fixes. Like it's worth investing in system and process. So yeah, you can use Google forms and yeah, that'll get the job done. But is it streamlined? Is this long-term? I think it's the kind of question that you should be asking yourself when you're, when you're going through this, right? Yeah, definitely. And then I'd say the next level up would be uh, working with your POS provider. So Square, Toast, Upserve, Touch Bistro, Clover, uh, they all pretty much have online ordering systems. It's typically an add-on fee. Um, the, the other downside 
to, to, sorry, the downside to uh, using your POS system is that customers actually have to know about your website and know about your business to go directly there to order. Uh, But the pro is that obviously it's going to integrate with your system. So there's no manual entry there. No third party seamless. And then you also have access to that customer data, which is really important. Yep. So uh, to kind of dissect that a little bit, um, if if you if you if you're not set up for online ordering, first start with your POS because they probably already have a solution for you, and that's going to be the path of least resistance for you. I know right now, um, Toast is offering uh, Toast Now, which basically you don't even have to be a Toast customer, but you have access to their online ordering and gift cards, and basically the the suite of tools that make sense right now in this pandemic, uh, which is just something that's worth throwing out there. I don't, I don't, you might have mentioned that. If you did, I apologize. I didn't. And actually, a lot of these tools are offering either discounts or they're waiving certain fees. So it's definitely something to look into. And I would start with the POS system that you have at the moment. So uh, the other thing, like what third party groups are you working with? We kind of got into that a little bit. You said it's important that um, you're on these platforms because you want to get discovered because that's one of the, the features that they play. It's you're if they do, if a customer does a search on DoorDash for pizza, and that's what you do, you, it's it's a marketing, it's 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 lead generation for you. But what about transferring people to your online, your 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 personal online ordering platforms? Uh, do you have any best practice advice around that? So you're talking about if someone has a POS ordering system through Toast, for example, how do you migrate well, customers there? Like ideally, we want people to use DoorDash one time to get found, right? Best case scenario, they use DoorDash one time. Wow, I love Joe's Pizza. Um, I love them so much that I'm going to use their own online ordering platform going forward because I want to make sure they get all my love, right? All the cash. I don't. We don't need them. To, we don't need to, to pay the third party anymore. We discovered them already, right? Um, what best practices are there from getting people off the third party to develop that habit of going straight through my online ordering process on my website? That's a really good question because this has been a challenge before coronavirus, right? Um, The third-party delivery apps, it's it's a double-edged sword because, like you said, it's a marketing tool, right? It allows you to be discovered um, and it's really convenient. Everyone's used to having these apps on their phone, so they just take them out and go to whatever local delivery app is popular. the downside for you as a restaurant owner is you don't know what customers are ordering uh, as far as you know keeping that data in your systems. It's really expensive too. So commission fees are anywhere from 10 to 30%. Mm-hmm. And some of these delivery apps are helping out the industry right now. Um, others, and I will call them out, Grubhub is not helping right now. Yeah. And so um, to your point, how do we educate the customer to order directly from the restaurant? And I think there has to be a really strong incentive. So something that these third-party delivery apps are not good at is personalization and um, customization, right? So they don't know, they don't know you, they don't know your family. Um, they're not there when you walk into the shop, right? And you tell them about your kid's birthday party and how you're really excited to order. Yeah. It's not custom be, donuts. Yeah, it's not going to be the same so, delivery person every time either, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, the the people who are delivering your food, they're in it for the money now, right? I mean, they always probably have been and even more so right now. So how can we make it personal? I know 
restaurant operators who are doing the deliveries themselves. I know um, of custom notes that are being left in the delivery boxes. So how can we make it special? Um, how can we how can we elevate that experience, especially at a time when people feel a little cooped up right now? Yeah. Got you. Um, so anything else regarding delivery or online ordering that you want to bring to the surface that we have not brought to the surface yet? So there is another option um, for third-party online ordering. So this is kind of a go-between because it doesn't fulfill the delivery aspect of it, but it is a way for someone to basically have an online system set up that's either attached to your website or it's a standalone site that um, someone can order from. So you've probably heard of services like Gloria Food and Menu Drive, and then there's Chow Now. Um, There's also one that I myself recently just heard of called Ordering.app. Okay. And they are now owned by Google. So the cool thing about working with Ordering.app is that um, you can order directly from Google Search and Google Maps. I can see the benefit there. Yeah. Yeah, that's how a lot of people are searching for for food. They might not know that they want good burger, cheeseburgers, but they're looking for cheeseburgers near me. So if your shop pops up, you know, you could order directly from Google search. I think that's pretty cool. That is a good feature, especially if you're high ranked already. Uh, If you already have a high ranked uh, search result, then you're just, again, it's all about that path of least resistance, getting people from the search to your menu and ordering as fast as possible. Um, Anything else before we move on to the next bullet, which is uh, gift cards? There is one more option um, that I would like to call out. And this is more of a higher level, high tech option, if you will. It's called Bento Box. Yeah, I'm Bento sure. Box. Yeah. Past um, sponsors, so we Bento Box Bento is pretty Box. cool. But this is more of a long term strategy. And I say that because you have to work with the team there to actually build out your website. And there are some really cool add on features as far as gift card sales go, catering forms. Um, just it's basically a way to make everything seamless and not clunky and integrates with your POS system. So um, that would be something to look into for a long-term strategy, but it might take a little bit longer to set up. Yeah. I think, you know, we do have some downtime right now and I do want my listeners to be looking into these platforms like Bento Box for their return, right? Uh, We have some time to be vetting some tools and services out there. Uh, Maybe we won't have the capital right away to get into these things, but now is a good time to be doing this research. And uh, they do have built in gift cards. um, So you can basically, you know, that's a feature that comes with the service um, and online ordering. So like you said, Boom, right there, all all in one uh, in these services. So do check them out. I'll link to the tools you're, you're mentioning in the show notes. If you head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash RCP, this is session, th- uh, I think, 42. Um, so it'll be close to the top if you listen to this episode, if it like relatively close to when it goes live. Um, all right, let's move over to gift cards. What do you got for us? Cool. So POS is the way to go, right? If you are working with, you know, I'm thinking Square, but many major POS tools offer gift cards. So first check with your POS system. There are third-party services. Um, ones I've heard of are um, Giftify and GiftUp. And then there's a really cool um, option that was shared to me by uh, Rev Ciancio. You may know him. He is a... Um, for any of your listeners who don't know him, Rev is based in New York and he is a hospitality and marketing consultant. He's got a lot of great tips, but the service that he has recommended is called It's On Me. 
And it's a friend-to-friend gifting experience. So it's essentially a gift card, but you're buying it for someone else and it's delivered in a, in a cool way. That's cool. I think I have so heard that, of that. Uh, what's the name again? Rev. He sounds familiar. I've, it's yeah. Track. Rev Ciancio. All right. I'll, I'll link to his, his contact, his website in the show notes as well. Cool. And then um, the other thing I'd like to mention as far as gift cards go are uh, the online directories that have popped up in the last couple of weeks. So Toast, for example, has this website they've stood up called Rally for Restaurants, and it's basically a gift card directory. You don't have to be a Toast customer. You don't have to pay anything. You're literally just adding your restaurant's name to their directory. And they do have a um, philanthropic effort going along with it. So if anyone purchases a restaurant gift card from someone listed in their directory and they tag it a certain way on social media, Toast is going to donate some money um, to relief funds for the industry. So good cause. Great resources. Thank you. Yeah. Any other tech tools, resources you want to share with us? I did want to call out online workshops because I think this is another interesting and creative way that restaurants can make money right now. So you may have seen, you know, Instagram in particular and Facebook, um, chefs are going live and they're, they're doing things like sharing their recipes, right? Here's how I cook this famous, uh, you know, cheeseburger on the menu. I don't know why cheeseburgers are on my mind. I'm trying to come up with examples other than donuts, but (laughs) um, you've seen chef demos. Um, But I think it could be taken a step further too. Um, I think those are great ways to connect with the community, but there are paid workshops and paid courses too that can bring some much needed cash flow right now. Um, And it doesn't have to be directly related to your food either. So it could be something like, hey, I'm really efficient with my payroll system. I want to teach other restaurateurs how to do payroll. I'm going to teach people how to write a calligraphy chalkboard menu. Um, I'm going to teach people how I run my social media account because I'm really good at engagement. And, um, and you know, just think of business-related skills that you're good at. I think everyone has something to teach. Um, and especially nowadays when people have a little more time on their hands, they want to be entertained. And so I think um, Instagram and Facebook would be the free platforms, but um, there are things like using Zoom as a platform and and charging for access to that or a private YouTube video or a private Vimeo link. Um, There, there are really creative ways to get around that. And it could be as simple as here's my Venmo account, you know, (laughs) if you're just looking for a quick fix Um, with a, a or it could be as sophisticated as putting a course or an option up on your website. If you're comfortable with technology in that sense. Yeah. Uh, And like you said, like you can, if you want to create a video, it's as simple as going to Venmo or one of these platforms, right? That's private. And then having a link and uh, there's ways to set it up. Um, There's also um, one of those, there's there's tools that exist uh, where you can just upload your course uh, to like a like I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a few. There's um, Udemy Teachable. Well. There's Skillshare. Yeah. Udemy. There's teachable. Udemy. There's so many master classes, but I think there's a little more of a filter to get on master classes. Uh, but the point is, like we're we're transitioning to this more remote global teaching, one on one teaching. That is the future. Um, you you're seeing Thomas Keller and. Um, all these famous chefs, uh, Dominique Crin and uh, like all these famous people uh, teaching their stuff online. I think that is the future. And it absolutely, if you have a special skill, 
get out there. Um, and if you have a special skill and you want to teach it, let me know. I'll share it with my audience and help you get some traction. Like that's a call to action right there. I'll collaborate you with you. I'll, I'll help you get it out. So thank you for going there. And I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that cause I do, we, I have recognized this as an opportunity. So I think that that is probably some of the more forward thinking stuff that has come on the show. Thank you. Um, all right. Any final pieces of advice or do we, do we want to start wrapping it up there? I don't want to cut you short. There's so much, you know, and there's so much changing. Um, I will say there's a lot of positive silver lining stuff coming out of this whole pandemic. And I know it's a scary time for restaurant owners um, and people in the hospitality industry who might not be sure, you know, how to get their next meal um, on the table for, for themselves and their family members. But having said that, I think there's a lot of good stuff coming out of here. Um, I'd love to share some examples that I've seen of of the industry banding together, if you don't mind. Please do. Cool. So um, I'm from Philly originally. And in Philly right now, there's an initiative called Save Philly Eats. And basically, it's a coalition of restaurants and bars that are banding together. And what they're doing is pre-selling culinary experiences. So this kind of ties into what we were talking about with online workshops. Um, But I've seen private chef cooking demos a trip to Havana from a restaurant that's well-known in Philly called Cuba Libre. So you start out meeting the head chef um, at the restaurant and then you, you all go to Havana and there's some kind of sample itinerary and it's obviously not for now. You're prepaying for something. Um, Those are really high ticket items, but then there's smaller items too, like a federal donuts is doing a donut making course, 50 bucks a person with the head, the head culinary, um, Baker. So there's that. But the other thing they're doing that's really cool is they're giving back to the community. And I think it's so amazing that people in the food industry who themselves are struggling right now are so generous with their time and their their money and their food, giving back to um, those in need. So just on Sunday, uh, which was Easter Sunday, I think they donated over 3,000 meals to 14 Philadelphia area hospitals for all the workers there. And I mean, it's just, it's incredible. I I think that's amazing. Um, And then I also want to applaud people like uh, the mayor of San Francisco, who just put out an order for the delivery apps, those like Grubhub and DoorDash and Postmates. The commission fee is capped at 15%. Nice. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, There's been some pushback from Grubhub, but um and I don't know the, the legality behind that, but I hope it sticks because I think it's wonderful. And I hope it, it sticks afterwards. Um, and one other thing that we probably haven't talked much about is the future of Yelp. Because I wonder, I wonder where it's going to go after this. I know they laid off uh, a handful, a few thousand workers recently. And while I hate to see people lose their jobs right now, I'm hoping that they take this time to look at their policies and look at their tactics and figure out how they can really champion small business going forward. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And I appreciate you bringing that to the surface. Uh, this is a weird time. And I think that's one thing um, in this weird time. It's it's in our nature to be reactive. We are reactive creatures. That's what we do uh, like most other creatures. But we have the ability to de- detach from our reactiveness and get proactive and to plan and to vision and I think the the better we share our visions now, the better we plan for a better future, uh, 
um, I, I think this could be this whole thing could be a blessing in disguise because it's forcing us to adapt and to readjust and to reinvent ourselves. And we get to choose what that looks like. And we get to communicate faster than ever what that looks like. And this is a really positive time right now if we choose to make it a positive time. And I think that choice cannot be underestimated for sure. So thank you for bringing that to the surface. Um, Anything else? I, I really found a ton of value in this conversation. Thank you so much, Rory. Um, how can we connect with you if we want to ask you questions about what you shared with us? Or uh, maybe we're a donut shop listening to this right now, and uh, you do specialize in that vertical. Afterwards, maybe we can help get you some some clients for the future. Yeah, so I am mostly hanging out on social media on Instagram. So I am at Donut Digest, and it's D-O-N-U-T, the short way. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. My website's donutdigest.com. I put up a a ton of blog posts related to coronavirus, and it's really for anyone in the food industry. So please reach out to me. I'm happy to share the tips and the tricks and and give any free kind of advice that I can at this time because I know it's much needed. Beautiful. Thank you again. This is session 42. Um, head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash RCP uh, to find uh, the whole list of every Corona Chronicle will be uh, published over there. And I'll be sure to link to the tools and services and how to connect with Rory under her session. Thank you so much, Rory. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. I really do. All right. Thanks again to today's guest, Rory Balkin. And I, I really do love how we wrapped up today's chat with looking at uh, the the landscape that's out there right now and trying to find and mind gold wherever it is. And we're so busy looking out for this gold to be a value, right? To, to, to create something to be a value. We forget to look inside of ourselves. We forget that we as professionals have developed skills and abilities and we've developed strengths and we've learned to, to understand what it is that we're really good at. Whatever those things that you're really good at that a lot of other people seem to struggle, that's your opportunity to create something in the world of value to share with the rest of the industry. And if you can think of something, let me know. Let me try to help you bring that, that, that knowledge to the surface. Uh, I, I can give you the resources. I can point you in the direction to help create a tool, an asset around that knowledge that you can turn around and hopefully create a channel of revenue with. And I think that's kind of how we need to be thinking right now. Like how, how can I, how can I create value in the world? What is inside of me that I can bring out that is of value? Uh, we also share some really great technology in today's conversation, some specific technology that you can be leveraging in your businesses. And I have a few other interviews lined up of some, uh, restaurant tours that are getting super creative with even using instant messenger, Facebook messenger, to uh, take orders online and collect payment online all through Facebook. So really interesting entrepreneurial time out there. And I know it feels like the world's crumbling around us and there's devastation around us and there is, but in devastation, in disaster is opportunity. You just have to go looking for it. It's out there in, in droves. Just, you just got to be the first to find it and to be creative. But the more time you spend, you know, basking in your, your, your sorrows and the more time you spend thinking about what you don't have control over is time loss when you could be thinking about a solution and thinking about a, a pivot and thinking about adapting to the new landscape. Uh, but let's do it proactively. Let's do it with consciousness. Let's, let's react on the industry and not react to the industry is how I suggest we do that. We do that by sharing knowledge. We do that by getting aligned. We do that by, by sharing standards of how 
we need to come back and the expectation of what the industry will look like when we do come back. Uh, I'm really interested in, in your ideas around this. So be sure to head over to Facebook and join the unstoppable restaurant owners and operators, Facebook group uh, to search unstoppable restaurant owners and operators in Facebook. You'll find the group. It's a private group and I'm only accepting restaurant owners and operators. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. That's what we're trying to achieve. So head over there, join the community and uh, let's start sharing some ideas. Uh, All right, before I say goodbye, I need to let you know that this episode was brought to you by Restaurant 365, a cloud-based, all-in-one, restaurant-specific accounting and back office and back office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, and food and beverage vendor. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and you'll get a free inventory build within Restaurant 365, a value of $5,000. This episode's also brought to you by P&G Professionals, specifically Don Professional, the number one dish detergent found in most commercial kitchens around the nation. With Don Professional, you Reduce sink changeovers by 35%, which saves you up to 6,000 gallons of water every year versus private label. Go to www.pgpro.com. Again, that's www.pgpro.com. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.